2: It's time to get outside. This
0: is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of
3: stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Nice to have you here. Russ Smith is still hanging out with us uh, from yeah. Mississippi, the M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I uh, down there. Got that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there too long, I can tell. Um, you know,
2: you know. Right now, the sun is directly overhead.
3: All right, you're two hours ahead of us, right? Know. That's Eastern time.
2: Right? Yeah, no, nah, we're, we're just one hour ahead of. Okay, all right. Thing. I um, don't know. I really
3: don't know. <laughs> See, that's that's <laughs> another thing I'm jealous of. Is not
2: it really
3: doesn't matter? <laughs> not knowing or caring what day of the week it is or what time of the day. Uh, Tim Ryan and his team from Row 4 ALS certainly are going to be in that mode, or maybe they'll pay a whole lot closer attention because of where they're going to be. They're making an Atlantic crossing, and the last time we talked with Tim and his team, they had just finished up their uh, practice run down the Pacific Coast. You're knee-deep in fundraising right now, aren't you, Tim?
4: Oh, yeah. We're up to our uh, eyeballs in last-minute fundraising efforts and uh, uh, supply issues. Visiting our boat, uh, full swing for somewhere uh, less than forty-five days.
3: Yeah, you're cutting and in and out on, on us AAA. a little, Cutting in and out on us a little bit there. We've had a tough time making the connection today. Um, I want to back up and talk about this fundraising effort for ALS because, uh, because of your friend Alan. This, and he's not going to be with you on this trip. He's, he's smart. He's waiting for you on the islands when you get there. Yeah. But be, because of that relationship, you have had a longstanding effort to try and continue to raise funds for research for ALS.
4: Yeah, so, so our primary focus in our fundraising is to support the Clinical Neurosciences Clinic up at the University of Utah which serves uh, ALS and other patients from all around the Intermountain West through uh, patient care resources and research and um, other needs of the clinic. And, uh, you know, it's a joy to support that.
3: Yeah. Um, you going to need anything more from Russell, or has he got you pretty well outfitted?
4: You know, I was just thinking to myself today, uh, uh, Skycall Satellite Russ has us uh, expertly outfitted um, he's giving us a hand as well, um, linking up our BeGAN satellite, so we'll be able to uh, upload some photographs and other, another feed during the course of our journey. Yeah. And uh, of course, if we were on a SkyCall satellite phone right now, we would not be having connectivity <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah.
3: Russ, you're the one that connected us to Tim and this uh, this whole team. Right. And we've had some great right. conversations from their last adventure. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead and walk us through some of the communications that you provided from Skycall.
2: Well, first off, sat phones. They're taking two sat phones. They don't need to, but we want some redundancy in things. Um he's also he has his own BGAN unit but i am supplying him with the with the sim card and and the data and everything we're going to we're still working on that we should have that ready for him i think on monday or tuesday if that works for him and and tim i'm not sure are we doing a uh the iridium go for you
4: you know we have the uh, iridium go that um we bought for our last race back in 2018 right. crossing okay. the atlantic so we've got the Garmin InReach, Iridium Go um, okay. uh, radios. These are all things also, you know, available from SkyCall.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. That's it's good to have that that
2: width of equipment with him on equipment on different systems. Also, um, on a very critical safety issues on a trip like this.
3: Yeah. Um, you you said before we jumped in, Tim, that you guys have run into some supply chain issues even now.
4: Yeah, you know, surprisingly, um, you know, ocean rowing is these boats are pretty much custom boats. I mean, ours is one of only built in the world, and so everything is made to order. Uh, so when you need to source an o or uh, some hardware or uh, you know, we've just been installing uh, an auto tiller that will, uh, mm. you know, automatically see the boat connected to our navigation system. You've got to MacGyver everything, and uh, you know, and so we're calling these global companies and, and trying to source these little widgets. And uh, boy, it's still yeah. tough out there.
3: Yeah, and you uh, don't want you don't want to figure out halfway across <laughs> that something you MacGyver didn't MacGyver correctly. Uh, or you've got other problems because if you think you have supply chain issues now, buddy, uh, try and find something out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific. Oh, Pacific. You know, I, I
4: mean, even the even things that uh, seem so basic, I need a uh, a new set of spare oars, you know. And you'd think you'd be able to get those off the shelf anywhere, uh, but you cannot.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so is the boat here in Utah, or where is it?
4: Yeah, so the boat is currently um, here in Utah, and, uh, you know, we've been spending our nights and weekends um, getting these last-minute uh, projects completed and uh, really getting her dialed in. You know, our, our goal, we're gonna, this is the first time a, a major U.S.-launched event like this has been held with multiple teams. Um, you know, there are people that go on solo events or maybe two, three at a time. But this is a first major event, and so we feel like we're hosting, even though, you know, we're participants. It, you know, this is mostly a, a European and English sport uh, with a smattering of, of folks from other countries around the globe that participate. And uh, so we're pretty proud to have all these folks come over to California. Um, so we're dialing in our boat right now, and our plan is... When everybody else is arriving internationally and setting up their boats on shore, we are simply going to row right up to the (laughs) 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 Kind kind of a a home ocean advantage then. Yeah, we certainly think so. And it was really critical and super cool to be able to go to Monterey, our launching uh, uh, point.
3: Yeah. Russ, you have any questions for Tim? You want to jump in here?
2: Well, I, you can't do wheelies in a boat, but it, it'd be nice to show off a
4: little bit as you go by the, the competition. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, Russ, we did one once on the Great Salt Lake. I think we got that boat okay. going pretty fast.
3: <laughs> I was I was going to ask if you had too many people in the back of the boat and you just lost the bow
4: <laughs> coming through there. Well, you can't believe the, uh, the the density of the water in the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Bomb like a cork. Made i growing like on Jell <laughs>
3: That's that's a curious question. Um uh, do you often take it out for runs on Utah waters or no?
4: You know, we're gonna be uh doing that on um May nineteenth and May twentieth, Friday and Saturday. We'll be up uh, at Jordan.
3: I'm sorry, and, you uh, dropped you dropped out there. Where are you gonna be?
4: Yeah. We'll be up at Jordanell oh. on May nineteenth and twentieth, uh, just hanging out and practicing some uh, sea survival uh, uh, protocols and uh, fiddling around with our equipment, and so on and so forth. So, if any boaters are up there, um, well, come on by, say hello.
3: Russell, maybe we ought to make a run up to Jordanell and. Uh... Yeah. get in the boat ourselves and do a couple of uh, segments up there. That'll be kind of fun. Uh, so you're, yeah. f- you're 45 days out. June 12th is the date in case people missed it because we've had you drop in and out a little bit on this connection. How can people donate if they're out there and say, I'd like to contribute to your cause?
4: So people can visit our website, row4als.org. Uh, also, um, they can visit 212fitness.com. Um, but of course, we have a big donate button. We've got some wonderful uh, sponsor partners, corporate sponsors, and you know donations come from the general public through our website.
3: Yeah, row the number four ALS uh, is what you're looking for online. Tim Ryan, we'll let you go. Thanks for uh, pulling over and having part of a conversation with us here. We appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah,
4: we'll check in next week.
3: All right. Uh, and our thanks again to Tim Ryan. That's Roe, the number four, yeah. ALS.com. All right, Russell, I'm going to cut you loose. Uh, go figure out what time of the day it is and be safe on your drive home. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Russ Smith from Sky Call. Oh, by the way, are you still there? Yes. All right. Then tell people how to get a hold of you. Well, let's do that.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, just give us a call, 801-450-8317, or just go to SkyCall. This guy called Satellite.com. All right. Yeah.
3: You passed the test. Now yeah, you, you can know. go. Now Thank you can you. go. Okay. Whew. <laughs> All right. Had that written down on my hand. <laughs> I know you did. All right. Stay with us. We'll come back with more of KSL Outdoors in just a minute.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt.
1: We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed.
0: That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.
4: Well, let me tell you a story about a live. Like in blue with a hint of yellow The Bluegill Boogie Yeah, the Bluegill
3: Boogie When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone, try the bluegill boogie, you can't go wrong. Well, Navadomskis is still uh, somewhere in Portugal, I think, today, probably laying in the sunshine on a sunny beach beach somewhere just before he has to (laughs) get back on a plane and come home. So for Fish Bites, we thought we'd go today right to the source, and it's always great to be able to connect with the Phillips family up there at the uh, Strawberry Bay Marina. And Cam Phillips, uh, you said you're headed down to the water right now, huh?
1: Yeah, I've uh, walked down behind the store here to see what it looks like once again. It I guess, hasn't changed a bunch.
3: Yeah, I guess I misspoke. I said head down to the water. What you're heading down is to the ice here. And when I asked you a minute ago what it looks like, you said there's still a butt ton, which I think is an official term <laughs> of uh, ice that's still up there. And here we are headed for mid-May. What is going on?
1: Yeah, we. Uh, it, I don't know if it's accessible. In fact, I'd probably say it's not. Um on Monday, I had a couple of fellows who sloshed their way out past the, the soft edges and out on, and they found about two feet of ice. So I imagine if you can get out onto it. But since Monday, we've come up a full foot um, of water, well, eight inches of water. So getting out onto the ice is, is pretty much, it's impossible unless you're you're real good at jumping. Yeah, and
3: I wouldn't want to take that risk uh certainly, but it, this is the tweener time. How when's the last time you remember this much ice at this point of the season?
1: Never. Um the at least not in my lifetime and my dad he can't remember it hanging on this long either. But uh last year was the previous latest that we've ever seen it and it went on May 5th. This year we're going to blow that out of the water, and I, I'm guessing sometime between the 15th and 20th we'll, we'll see ice off.
3: Well, and then we were talking with Matt Johnson on Utah's Morning News, our meteorologist here for radio and TV. We've got temperatures that are going to hang in the mid-60s, which is pretty normal for this time of year, maybe bump up a little bit Monday and then right back into the 60s. But uh, temperatures up there are probably near freezing or slightly above, aren't they?
1: Yeah, we're looking at uh, low 40s. Um, mid 40s on those warmer days and so it's not it's not going to melt it particularly fast which is great for flooding but at the same time man we need uh, we need some water to come down
3: yeah I was uh, thinking yesterday before I reached out to your dad how this must affect business for you guys because it it puts you in limbo just like it does fishermen
1: oh it does we're we're going to have a late start this year and we'll make the most of the time that we get but it's one of those things we're kind of at the mercy of mother nature and just part of the game
3: yeah uh, let's back up a minute you said there were a couple of guys that braved it to get out there and found uh, a a couple of feet of ice uh that's real slushy on top obviously were they able to find any fish
1: i you know what they did they walked down off of the launch ramp here at the, the main marina while we were working on some docks up here and i watched them ice two or three fish while they were out there so it was a successful trip for them they They had just said they wanted to say they were out on strawberry on May in May. And they, they, uh, came, they saw and they conquered.
3: Yeah. I'd love to give conditions and talk about tactics, but I hate to encourage anybody to go out on what could be, you know, a tough situation, which then puts you guys in a tough situation because you'd likely be the ones that have to respond and go out after them.
1: Well, I, uh, I might leave that to the uh, search and rescue guys, the trained professionals. It's, it's, I don't like getting wet, Tim. Yeah, you know, I get that's, it. That's one of the goals.
3: Yeah, summarize for me the uh, the ice fishing season, if you can. Uh, let's let's do that instead of looking at forecasts in the near future.
1: <laughs> you know, we had a great season. Um, strawberry right now, as far as numbers of fish, is in really good shape. We've got a lot of cutthroat trout, a lot of good sized cutthroat trout in the reservoir right now, and anglers are are having a lot of success. Generally speaking pulling those fish out um most of them do land in the slot which can get a little frustrating but in terms of just being able to come up and catch a handful of fish that are good sized it's a great great place to come um, throughout the year and that's not going to change for the next 12 to 18 months at least
3: yeah and i guess having the ice a little bit longer we don't know would it have a negative effect necessarily on the fish themselves
1: yeah i don't think it will i uh I think if anything they'll uh, they'll kind of enjoy it for a little bit longer the the lake stays a little bit clearer it might hurt our fishing into June a little bit because the water t- the water clarity will be pretty poor as the the runoff picks up and and starts to murky up the water but that just means a lot of feed healthy fish and and good conditions for the middle of the summer
3: yeah and it also means that those big guys are going to be coming out from under the ice hungry and yeah i saw fishing might actually be better when you think of it that way cam phillips i appreciate it if uh somebody wants to reach out to you during the week in between our broadcast on saturdays tell them how to do that so they can get right to the minute uh, updates
1: you can give us a call at 435-548-2261. I also update our Facebook page, Strawberry Bay Marina, fairly regularly this time of year just to keep guys on top of the ice-off conditions. It is a short period, and we don't want them to miss it. Yep. Or you can visit our website at www.strawberrybay.com.
3: The best of the best, the Phillips family up there at uh, Strawberry Bay Marina. Cam, thanks for a few minutes of your time today. Not a problem, Tim. Always a pleasure. We will uh, take another break uh, right after the top of the hour. From the DWR, Bruce Johnson joins us, an invest- invasive species uh, expert. He's going to be talking to us about some checkpoints that might slow you down if you're headed to and from Lake Powell in the near future.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.